And welcome to another edition of Twin Talk with Jose and Angel. I'm Jose. And I'm Angel. And we are broadcasting live from Theo Luis's Garage on TwinTalkCast.com. And we're also doing it out of the largest internet radio network in the world. That's Live365.com. We are so glad to have you here this Tuesday evening because Tuesday is Twinsday. And we do it every Tuesday night. Um, at, we are identical twins. Yes, we share the same DNA, and that's pretty much it. And this week, we have an awesome show. Yes, we do. Today, we have a pretty full show. It's pretty awesome. I think it's kind of a, uh, a proper with the recent uh, holiday yesterday. Depending which part of the well, reservation you're from. Are you talking about Columbus Day? It's either Columbus Day or Indigenous uh uh, uh, day, but anyways, today we have uh, two playwrights who are uh, Native Americans uh, and the uh, the um, director of an awesome uh, uh, stage show called Toy Purina of a Native American uh, a woman who actually led a rebellion back in the 1700s when, here in San Gabriel Valley. Eh? When you say stage show, does that mean it's a play or it, is there music? What is it? It's a play. It's a play and uh, uh, it's pretty awesome. They're going to be here. Uh, the playwrights, uh, they are actually, uh, um, actually going to play some Native American instruments for us as well. And we'll ask them all that later the, on. Some eh? Native American instruments or just going to play some Native American music? Um well, they could be playing some Native American. They could be playing like a Fender Stratocaster. Or they could be playing some rock and roll, right? With some. Okay. Right, right. They're going to perform for us, <laughs> express some of their art here in Theo Luis's garage. And they're going to talk about the, uh, the, the uh, upcoming play, which is, it starts at the end of this month. Toy Purina at the San Gabriel Mission Playhouse. Hey, did you know there was a playhouse there? And San Gabriel? No, I didn't. And I'm glad I know now. I didn't know. I and I our listeners know. And I've been doing some research on it. It was built back in the day, and it still it has a lot of that uh, uh, Spanish and indigenous culture of the area from here. Also, as you guys probably have heard, uh, the world is going into hell in a handbasket. If it isn't for the Ebola invasion all over the world, um, the um, ISIS, uh, the the terrorist group that is well, rather well funded which is building what they call a caliphate, which basically... <laughs> why are you laughing? A caliphate. That's what it's called, bro. Why are you laughing? A caliphate is an Islamic country that they're trying to build by, by tearing down borders, but by doing so, they're invading country after country and demolishing and annihilating anything or anyone other than Islam. That means Kurds. Uh, that means uh, Christians. That mean any other religion that is not Islam. They are annihilating them, and because of that, it's become a humanitarian crisis. So tonight, with us tonight, we have a woman. She's a stay-at-home mom. Her name's Chelsea. You, you know the last name, dude. I can barely pronounce it. Uh, Chelsea Dishinger out of Corona. Uh, uh, California. She's a stay-at-home mom. And she's doing something about helping those refugees in crisis. Refugees, eh? She didn't, he didn't say ISIS or anything, eh? He said the refugees. Which run in the tens of thousands. <laughs> Women, children, Christians, other religions, anybody that is not part of what their, their caliphate, so-called caliphate. Doctors, lawyers, uh, gardeners. <laughs> anyway, uh, one woman out of the Southland, a mother, stay-at-home mom, 
is doing something about it. You guys got to listen to that. She's going to be with us tonight also. Right, right on. And also, we're going to have a call-in from Dana Rocks from the Hip Hop Duo out of L.A. Uh, Dana Rocks and Ill Will. He's going to call in and tell us about his uh, his uh, upcoming event, and he's going to uh, introduce one of his songs. So. So stay tuned for that awesome show. We want to invite you all to give us a call also at 626-275-8946. And uh, you can give us a call throughout the show with your comments or questions or whatever. Also, you can go to our Facebook um, at Twin Talk Show, friend us, and make your comments on there as well. Because we respond to your comments, and we want to hear what you have to say. Be part of the Twin Pyre, eh? You not only can listen, eh, but you can interact with us también. So do it on, the, on all our, on our uh, networks. Also, sw- uh, our social networks. Twin Talk Show <laughs> at uh, Instagram and on Twitter. This week, uh, the News and Dirty Laundry is going to be brought by yours truly, Angel and I, as Jackie Casas is on another vacation. Uh, Must be nice. I had no idea she was going to Mexico. If I would have known, I would have... Hey, Tell, hey, get me a bottle, eh? And we pay her too much because she's on vacation like every other month. You know? Oh, dude, I wish I was on vacation too, man. And you, and but we, I would miss so you. Like the times that, you know, uh, well, as of late, it, because you've been on assignment, you've been gone. But there was a, a couple of times where I was gone on uh, Tuesday and you uh, did the show with Jackie and I don't know, some other uh, awesome guests, uh-huh. uh, guest hosts. And I actually kind of missed it. Eh? You know, I I did listen to the show the best that I you could. You missed the show. You missed being on the show. Yeah, I missed the, being at the show, huh. especially Jackie. You know, you I kind of missed. Uh, you know, um, I do. I feel kind of bad when I'm not here. I just, you know, I feel like I owe it to the people that are listening to us, to uh, you know, to the, to be here and 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 make sure that you know the show and everyone's getting all the points of view and what have you. So, I do care. Right on. So you know, let's uh, you know. Uh, what was I going to say? We didn't tell our guest, our guest, our listeners. Uh, <laughs> what did we have last week? Last week we had a good show. Go ahead. <laughs> I don't uh, remember what I had for breakfast. Last dude. week we had a call in from um, uh, uh, um, Daniel Bambata Marley. Uh, he's actually Ziggy Marley's son and third generation Bob Marley, as we like to call him. But uh, Daniel Bambata Marley, he is, uh, he's got his own music, and he has a residency over at some place here in L.A. It's called the uh, Bootleg Hi-Fi. Uh, every Sunday for the rest of this month, go check him out. But you can check out the uh, podcast later on on TwinTalkCast.com. Yeah, so check it out at TwinTalkCast.com. That show and uh, the uh, previous show will be posted tonight, if not by tomorrow, as well as uh, our uh, Geez, we got like uh, 200 shows or something on that. Uh, you Whips know what? Up. I think this week, is it this week or next week that we've done four years, eh? Um, it, in I, five days, we'll it, be, we've, been, we've been on the air for four years. Wow, man. So it's like our anniversary and our birthday days this, <laughs> week, this month. <laughs> it huh? is our birthday tomorrow. Yeah, happy birthday, happy man. Happy birthday, dude. I, my present is, is that I, I love you, man. I love you too, man. Thank Are you doing anything? Uh, no, man. Do you want to do something? No, I'm working. Well, tomorrow, <laughs> I'm, I'm going to wait till the end of the weekend, man. We could go have some burgers and beer, eh? Burgers and beer. Yeah, I know a good spot. Where? In uh, downtown Pomona. How about our sponsor? Is that what you're talking about? Oh, our sponsor, yeah. 
Our sponsor has great Mediterranean uh, food as well. That's at Latin Junior uh, Mediterranean Cuisine at uh, downtown Pomona. So uh, I think, but yeah, we can go there. You have some uh, beer and uh, and stuff. But since we're on it, it's time for your shout-outs. And your shout-outs are brought to you by our sponsor, Aladdin's Junior uh, Mediterranean Cuisine and Concert Venue. I'll give you more information uh, later. Uh, but we do our shout-outs right now because we love you. And you're part of the Twin Empire when you're listening. And you can be more part when you go on our social networks. Anyways, I want to give a shout-out to all the people we hung out with at Ava's 30-something party this weekend. Rafa and Sally. Jose and Cristina. Lady and Vince. Shoot! Lady. Also, uh, Marisol, Maribel, Manuel, uh, 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 Brendan and uh, Jude the Jedi. Uh, uh, shout outs to all of you. Tia Lucha, that pozole was a bomb, eh? But gave me a little bit of gas. I had a little bit of flatulence that morning. <laughs> but it was Why good. Why do you go there all the time, dude? Why? <laughs> also, I want, uh, you got any shout outs? I want to give a shout out to my cousin, our cousin Ava. Happy birthday. Sorry I couldn't make it. I seriously got home from work feeling very, very sick. I thought I was coming down with the Ebola. And so I actually slept through Of course. It. Sorry about that. I want to give a shout out to my buddy Antonio Castellan out there in Las Vegas. Pleasure to work for you this week. Uh, shout out to Bob Guerrero and Dree. Dree DeClemacy. Wow, you just dropped out of the out of the stratosphere. Good to hear your voice. Want to give a shout out to Kathy. Want to give a shout out also to Sarah. I miss you, baby. Hang in there. Hey, I got some more shout-outs. Tommy Grafman. No, that was not on the freeway. That was the overpass of the freeway, Burbank Boulevard, where I took that pic. Also, uh, uh, Fukan Esteban. Uh, dude, uh, Southern California, Mrs. Utah. Bien. And I also want to give one last shout-out to all my Central American brothers and sisters. Eh? Hang in there with your 7.4 earthquake. Eh? Hold on to your pupusas. Eh? Anyways, the uh, shout-outs were brought to you by... Uh, Aladdin's Junior Mediterranean Cuisine and Concert Venue. They got Mediterranean food, mm, 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 a great selection of beer, and on the weekends they have bands there. That's in uh, 2nd Street in downtown Pomona in the Arts District. Tell them the twin city. All right, we'll be right back with some news. All right.
back to Twin Talk with Jose and Angel. I'm Jose. And I'm Angel. And we are broadcasting live from Theo <laughs> Luis's garage. And now, as you can hear, but we're broadcasting it out of TwinTalkCast.com. That's our website for our Twin Pod. And now that you hear that guttural beat, there it is, the one that grabs you from the loins and says, it's time to listen. That means it's time for the news and dirty laundry, but it's done by you, Angel, and Jose tonight because Jackie is on vacation. Jackie usually brings the boobs and the boobs. <laughs> Why do you say that, dude? It doesn't sound right, bro. It sounds like she's bringing the boobs and you're disrespecting her. Dude. No, she's bringing the boobs. She always brings a good, you know, what's trending, what's interesting, and there's always a boob story there. Okay, you got to clarify that, dude, because, yeah. you know, it sounds kind of disrespectful, dude. I guess you're right, but I mean it by all, all this respect. I mean respect. Jackie, we miss you. Well, you need to <laughs> clarify these things. Anyway, we want to let you all know that you can give us a call at 626-275-2-WIN. That's 626-275-8946. And uh, let us, uh, you know, any comments or anything that uh, that tickles your fancy. But since uh, we're on the uh, news and dirty laundry, uh, Seattle... Swaps Columbus Day for Indigenous Peoples Day. Uh, the uh, mayor, Ed Murray of Seattle, has signed a resolution declaring the second Monday in October as Indigenous Peoples Day. I dig it, eh? Uh, Murray, who invited the city council members and tribal leaders to the Monday afternoon signing ceremony. That was great. I mean, to get out of you know, get out of your office in the in the afternoon on Monday, man. Said the resolution was meant to honor the contributions of indigenous people in Seattle. So what I want to know is okay, here's the deal. Um I got no problem with Columbus Day. You know, here's the deal. Of course you don't, Jose. I don't. <laughs> Why don't you just have another day? Have another Indigenous People Day or something. I mean, Columbus, you, you've got to give Columbus credit. Okay, just, cause, just because Columbus came and so-called discovered the Americas, although we all know it was discovered beforehand by the, by the, by the, uh, the Vikings, Vikings. Um, it doesn't mean that his um, achievement was not, um, you know, pivotal. And, and you know what? You know what, dude? It, Columbus didn't come here and slaughter the Indians. Okay? So give him some But you credit. know what? He didn't discover the Americas. He was lost at sea, man. The Indians, the indigenous discovered him at sea, man. And you know what? The, the, the uh, Vikings, they didn't come and stay. They just came by and partied. And here, here's, off, the right? here's the deal. There is a, look, they were probably okay. really, really well, fun you, to be around. On that note, on that note... Can you name the three uh, ships that he came in? Um, oh, it was the Mayflower. 
the uh, tea party. <laughs> oh, God. Why do I need to name them? See, that's they, you need to know. It's, see, his, it's still history. They, that's what this is. Well, they, I'm going to answer you that uh, the reason why I think it's it signifies something for the indigenous no, it, people. It means it is didn't, because you didn't it is because the history is kind of. Uh, I I mean, it, it's 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 not it's not all inclusive. And uh, I mean, even some. I, I could. I mean, I wasn't there. I can. I could venture to say that it may be somewhat skewed. However, at the very least, it's not all inclusive in what the uh, what the significance of this day was uh, to the indigenous people. The uh, this was a, indeed a pivotal day in their uh, in their lives. As Here's well. what I have to say about that. Look, um, there's no reason why what happened subsequently. In the in the decades and what do you call that in the a hundred years later, to the um, to the Native Americans, there's no reason why you should discount the achievements of one group of per- people or anything like that. You know, I mean, if, if so, what you're saying is it was a it was a it was an achievement for this guy uh, Columbus to cross the uh, the ocean uh, uh, and not fall off the edge of the world. Well, yeah, I mean, if there's a lot of things. Because that was the explorer achievement. There's a lot of things. He, you know, he, um, I mean, there's, you can say a lot of things about it. By the way, it was a Nina da Pinta and the Santa Maria. Julia Contreras signed in on that one and commented. Nice. I knew it. Angel didn't know it. But anyway. Um, it was the Mayflower. <laughs> I can't believe you said it was, it was the Exxon Valdez, eh? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey, by what? the way, you got that one wrong. Exxon Valdez. Oh, Maltese. No, no. <laughs> but, but I want to go back to the topic, Angel. I want to go back to the topic. I, yeah, now, so let, do I, dude. Okay. The topic is this. Here's, here's the deal. Too often, um, the significance of the so-called white man's contribution to the world and to history is being discounted. Oh. Okay. Is being discounted because of uh, what, what is um, what is being taught by Howard Zinn. Uh, um, what's the word I want to use? The followers of Howard Zinn's books uh, uh, over how um, you know the Americas and all these countries were conquered by the white man, and therefore you you totally discount all of their contributions. You know what? I think I think you're totally like I. It's the you're kind of projecting because the the truth is who has the ones who have been discounted are the indigenous ones because if you look at the history books you knew all those those uh those three ship, ships right you knew them I didn't know them I, I did school that day but <laughs> but how much do you know of the contributions that the indigenous people have made not just uh uh you know okay uh, you know in okay. history as well and and how those things were not taken into account so this I think this is a a, a great thing because. Then the the so you want to usurp, you want to usurp the contributions of usurp, yeah, usurp the contributions of what does usurp mean? Like replace, totally just get rid of the, the contributions of of Columbus and the Spanish who came across in the Nina da Pinta and the Santa Maria. <laughs> And replace it with the contributions of the Native Americans. Why can't they live hand in hand, Angel? You're Mr. Peace because and they Love and Happiness. No, no, but you, but but two two wrongs to make a right. You, right. you, I mean, are you telling me that every single man European that came across that ocean came over here to demolish the Native American? That is so untrue. That is painting not, everything on a broad that. brush. I that's never a, said that. Okay, that's what you're saying. All, all I said was that the uh, that the uh, the the history of the indigenous peoples and those contra- contradictions w- have been usurped. 
by by the history that's been written, which is very one sided. And this, but, I'm, but you want to replace you're, it, and you're in and you're and you're scared, like oh, I'm scared. You know, everything I learned is going to be debunked no, or usurped. Angel, first of all, don't, <laughs> Angel, no. First of all, I don't mean, speak for me. Well, speak on well, the topic. Well, that's what I was doing, and, no, and you no, were you're, speaking to me. You're saying that I'm, you know, no, you're, but, you're no, no, but you just. No, I'm speaking to the topic because you agree with the fact that they're replacing Columbus Day with Indigenous People's I, Day. Why not have why not good. have it hand in hand? Because Columbus's contribution is significant. And so is the contribution of the Native Americans. Maybe because why can't we keep them both for goodness sake? Maybe because I, I, too often let me finish my point. Uh-huh. Too often, Angel, too often under the cry of racism and discrimination, uh uh, uh under that guise Everyone else, all the white, all the uh, the white and European influences are discounted, and that's wrong. No, you know what? I, I, I it's uh, it's almost hypocritical. I'm not even going to answer to that because that's not the point. The point is really to really recognize the. Uh, uh, I think you know, and offer some kind of healing. In fact, the mayor. Uh, well, how about doing it hand in hand? Even the the mayor says, "I a quote. I hope that today is simply not just a day of recognition, but also a moment of healing. It's important for the. In, I, it seems to me that the for the indigenous people. I wish you would be to be. I, I would hold love on to a call second, him. to be to be recognized. And you know what? Why not replace it? Seattle is named after Chief Seattle. Yeah, yeah. So, but I mean, I mean, go to District uh, Washington, District of Columbia. They could keep the Columbus Day. Uh, you know, I mean, it, it. If indeed we are the United so you States do agree. And, so you do agree it should be usurped then. Uh, yeah. Okay. Why not? Then that. Why then, then why argue? Because you do. Again, so you're telling me I don't we- see it. I don't see it as abolishing or hating any one people. I see it as in finally giving a people that you know the very least that we can do is is offer a but day of recognition. But no, I'm not saying not do that. Why can't you do that as well? I don't know. That's what happened. That's what no. I'm asking. Why do you see? But I'm asking you now. So you, I don't I, know. Ask the mayor, Jose. I didn't sign this thing. It's funny because you say I agree with it, but you but can't I tell agree me with it. But you can't tell me. You say I don't know. I I agree with it because I can't disagree with it, and I can't. I can't, uh, you know, I can't necessarily agree with you. <laughs> I say you got to, you got to, you got to stand for something, dude. And I think that you, I, you're saying, well, I don't disagree with, with it. But then you're saying, well, I don't know why I disagree with it. Uh, you know, but whatever, dude, that's another thing. Nina Pinta Santa Maria. There was three and, of them. And then La Nina, the Pinta and the Santa Maria. And here's the deal. That all goes back to political correctness. And that's a perfect segue to the next story that I have lined, we have lined up for the News and Dirty Laundry. And this has to do with Ebola. And Ebola. Ebola <laughs> and its political correctness. Um, um, the CDC chief backtracks for blaming the nurse who contracted the deadly virus. And stresses all hospitals should think Ebola. What happened was, okay, as you know, what happened in the in Texas in Dallas, Texas, where the um, patient zero, uh, Thomas Duncan from uh, the freaking lying bastard who brought Ebola to the United States, and <laughs> thus has Why, passed away. He, he lied about it. He lied. He 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 covered the fact that he was sick. You know, he was trying to get here to get better treatment. And what happened? He, he infected. He, he eventually subsequently infected a nurse who treated him. The nurse's name is Nina Pham, 26 years old. She was identified this week as the healthcare worker who contracted the disease while treating the patient zero, Thomas Duncan, at Texas Health Presbyterian Hospital in Dallas. Patient zero for the U.S. 
Well, no, patient zero, they brought it to U.S., but this makes her the first one to contract it in the U.S. And what happened was the CDC director... You should have washed your hands, nurse. Well, the CDC director <laughs> came out and said that um, um, she that there was a... Uh, um, a um, a uh, problem with the protocol in uh, that the nurse had a problem with the protocol as far as cleaning and washing and disinfecting and thus got the contract of the uh, virus. And he was being criticized all over the media for, quote, blaming the nurse. I think it's utterly ridiculous. Every news station all over the place was going around talking about how, oh, my God, the CDC guy, well, he needs to apologize for me, as far as I'm concerned, it's utterly ridiculous. Who cares? Do you think the nurse? Do you think the nurse cares whether or not he blamed her? Right now, she's fighting for her life. So, the, so, um, uh, so you're saying that the nurse didn't follow protocol? So, more that's what the doctor said. Well, that's what the CDC director. This is, and this is what he said afterwards. He had a press conference to apologize in so many words. And uh, here we go. Here it is. If I can get it up. If I can get it up. <laughs> uh, it's going to be up in well, a second. There's a, there's a buffering issue. But you know what? I think it's pretty scary. And um, the thing about it is that it could spread so fast. By the time they, should, they supposedly, and there's a lot of uh, 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 back and forth, whether it's airborne or not. Uh, they're saying um, uh, there's uh, um, some people out there, studies out there saying that indeed it it would it is, uh, you can contract it airborne, but it's not categorized airborne because of the size of the droplets or something like that. Well, here's his, here's his apology, so-called apology here. Let's see if it comes up now. I'm sorry. Oh, my gosh. It keeps coming sorry. up. Sorry. Well, anyway. Uh, <laughs> the, the, Put on the, here's the deal, Angel. The problem is. Put on the, the, the uh, Kobe Bryant. She's my life. <laughs> anyway, here's. She's his, everything to me. <laughs> here, anyway, the deal is this. He, um, when he came out and they announced that she had had contracted uh, AIDS, uh, Ebola, <laughs> the seed, the, they asked him how could it happen because she's a nurse. He says, well, there was probably a, a protocol, an issue with a protocol, and people got all mad because he supposedly blamed her. Here I'm going to try to draw it up again. The first case of Ebola contracted in the United States in a healthcare worker who cared for what we refer to, who we refer to as the index patient in Dallas, Texas. Our thoughts are with this healthcare worker. She is now being <laughs> but, cared for. But they're and we not understand <laughs> that she is clinically stable. If this one individual was infected, and we don't know how, within the isolation unit, then it is possible that other individuals could have been infected as well. So we consider them to potentially be at risk, and we're doing an in-depth review and investigation. And if they're infected, then I want to clarify something I said yesterday. Here it is. I spoke okay. about a breach in protocol, and that's what we speak about in public health when we're talking about what needs to happen. And our focus is to say, would this protocol have prevented the infection? And we believe it would have. But some interpreted that as uh, finding fault with the hospital or the healthcare worker. And I'm sorry if that was the impression given. That was certainly not my intention. You know what I have to say about that? <laughs> Dude, have some balls. People have got to stop with this whole political correctness. I cannot believe that all over the media they were talking about how it was terrible that he was blaming her. He should have said, That's the, that is the uh, 
the vernacular that we use. Apparently, there was a breach in something. Suck it up. Right. I'm sorry to. I'm not sorry because what I said is correct. There, there had to have been a breach. You know, he he should. They what the nurse should have done is just kept him in her in that the patient zero should have just kept her kept him in her thoughts. <laughs> that would she would have been safe, eh? <laughs> Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. And, 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 you know, over here at Twin Talk, to you patients, our thoughts are with you también, eh? I got to tell you, I'm sick and tired of this whole political correctness <laughs> that the media went on and on and on about this. And instead of asking the questions like the president. What uh, was the breach? The, How was it breached? Yeah, Those are the things you got to ask. Yeah. Instead of pointing fingers. That's, I hate it when that happens at work, eh? Where's the problem solving at? You got to find the problem. Wow, I agree with you on that, Angel. Yeah, I know. Uh, Julie Contreras <laughs> it, uh, chimed in. She says that the nurse's husband said she received 30 minutes of training. And then sarcastically, I assume, she says, finishes with, sounds reasonable. <laughs> no, 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 Charlie. If they got Ebola, just put them in your thoughts, eh? <laughs> it's a thought that counts. <laughs> Oh man, did you hear about the uh um um excuse me, the the uh, a nurse working in the uh northeastern Italian hospital has been arrested as part of an investigation into deaths of 38 patients. What? Her patients, 38 patients who cops say many have uh um many may inject uh, inject were injected with potassium chloride. Oh my gosh. Uh, and uh, according to her, uh, the reason that she did that is because uh, the patients were annoying to her. Wow. So uh, she was uh, 38 patients. She may have injected them with potassium chloride because they or their family members were, quote, end quote, annoying. So just be, <laughs> you know, I, I, I've thought about this, but I never thought about it at a, at, a, at, a, at a hospital. I always thought, okay, look, if I don't like, like at a restaurant, like if I don't like my meal or my service, I don't tell them till after I get the food, right? Of course, because they might spit in your food, right? Or something, you know? Who knows what they'll do? But at a doctor's office or at a at a hospital, uh, coworkers suspected Daniela Poglali, forty-two, because patients who suddenly worsened and died during her shift, they describe her as a cold, polished person who sometimes sedated patients who bothered her during her shift. They also suspect that she gave patients laxatives to embarrass the colleagues who worked after her. That's messed up, eh? Pretty messed Dude, up. Dude, how do don't they have like screening processes? I mean, they should have screening processes. I mean, this is a an, an issue where, you know, uh, you know, protocol was was abused. Another breach in protocol. check this out in east Stroudburg, pennsylvania a 10 year old boy was held without bail on tuesday after being charged as an adult in the killing of a 90 year old woman what he beat a 90 year old woman he was who was held down with a walking stick and beaten at her take caretakers pennsylvania did he know her the boy's grandfather was the caretaker of Helen Novak, and the incident took place on October 11th at his Tyler home. The boy, Tristan Curila, said he pinned Novak down on her bed with a walking stick on her throat and punched her numerous times after she yelled at him. I ah. Listen to this. I killed that lady, the boy said, <laughs> and the court paper states. Were you trying to kill her, a trooper asked? No, I was only trying to hurt her. <laughs> 
Dude, this is a 10-year-old I was only, kid. I was only trying to hurt her. It's a 10-year-old boy, dude. It's crazy, man. Dude, that's like the Antichrist right there, man. What what state is this? In Pennsylvania. Oh, dude. Isn't that where a lot of the politicians come from? <laughs> it's dude, true. The politicians are all over the place, dude. But, <laughs> Dude, a 10-year-old kid killed a... Did he know her, though? Yeah, he knew her. She must have been from the Children of the Corn. Open the door. Our guests are here. Okay, so anyway, we're going to be right back, and we got uh, some more news in Dirty Laundry and uh, uh, playwrights uh, from uh, the, the stage play Toy Perina. Also, uh, 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 mom, stay-at-home mom taking care of refugees in the Middle East. Be right back.
for locals to take over the Just wanted to check in with y'all and let you know to catch our show every Saturday at 30 a.m. on Channel 20, DirecTV, Dish, and Yeah, welcome back to Twin Talk with Jose and Angel. I'm Jose. And I'm Angel. And we are broadcasting live from Theo Luis's garage on TwinTalkCast.com. And we're doing it from the largest internet radio network in the world. Uh, a little later, we're going to have uh, the playwrights and director of the uh, uh, stage play Toy Perina. I, I hope I pronounced that right, and I'll ask them later on when they're, when they're on. Uh, they're here now. They're going to play some uh, instruments. Pretty awesome. But first, we're going to continue with the news and dirty laundry, right? Yes. Um, going back to another thing that is threatening the world as per the media and Theo Luis's garage, of course. Coalition hits ISIS hard. As you know, in the Middle East, ISIS is uh, trying to build their caliphate, their so-called caliphate, which is a... <laughs> Angel, you got to stop laughing about it, that. It, First it, of all, caliphate. It, it sounds like I ate. I, I'm sorry a that California that, that, that you, roll or all, something. Here's how weird, dude. I caliphate. I, or Angel, it's it's a, it's a legitimate, a serious thing. You're what does it just, mean? A caliphate is a caliphate is an Islamic region or country. They want to build like their own country that's Islamic based, not based on, not on not, political not surfers and uh, silicone and no <laughs> caliphate. So and the caliphate has been written about in the Quran, uh -huh. and it reads that you know you're either going to be an Islam, or if you're not, you're either going to be beheaded, okay, or you convert and then you pay a tax. And and because of that, these uh, uh, they have really taken over um, uh, all over the place, and uh, they have caused quite. I mean, just quite a habit. Let me let me read you the latest. Islamic State fighters surrounded one of Iraq's largest air bases Tuesday. A police captain in Anbar province and other security sources told the media the militants are preparing to launch an attack on Ain al-Assad military, military air base, which is halfway between uh, some, some cities I can't pronounce. Anbar has been <laughs> largely overrun by ISIS, and ISIS is now moving in close to Syria, and it's near the Turkish border. But most important, what we want to talk about right now is how there are tens of thousands of people who have been running from ISIS and their invasion, which include Kurds and Christians, mothers, fathers, Children, uh, you know, uh, people who are just running from their lives and staying in, 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 in hilltops and in secluded areas um, and rural, many times rural areas trying to escape um, uh, the, the, the terrorists known as ISIS. And uh, because of that, we, uh, we, we, we saw on, online spotted a woman, a stay-at-home mom here in Southern California who's actually doing something about it. Uh, uh, her name is Chelsea Dessinger. Chelsea or Chelsea? Chelsea. Man, you're reading the Spanish version. I'm doing it. It's a <laughs> Spanglish version. And Chelsea Dessinger, she's a stay-at-home mom out of Southern California. Are you there, Chelsea? I'm here. Chelsea, my brother just uh, just uh. christened you a Spanish girl. <laughs> Chelsea. <laughs> I'm sorry, Chelsea. That's all right. <laughs> Well, first of all, the stay-at-home mom situation who's doing something really, really struck a chord with us. Can you let us know? Tell us, uh, what is your background? Um, well, I like, it, like you said, I am a stay-at-home mom. Oh, no. 
the the call somehow just dropped. Hello, hello. I tell you what, it was the caliphate. Let me call again. <laughs> I don't know what happened. It sounds, you know, it happens. Uh, but but uh, anyway, the what we're going to hear from her is what she's trying to do to help those refugees. Let me try to line her up again. Hello. hello. I apologize. I do not know what happened there. <laughs> it's okay. So please give us your background. Okay. Um, I am a stay-at-home mom, and I really just I, I happened to read an article about what was going on and I know there's a lot of crises going on in the world but for some reason this issue at this moment just hit me in a powerful way why and I just why really like, we want to know why it hit you this one in particular I you know I don't you know honestly I don't know what it was I think it was just something I'm supposed to be doing right now you know sometimes you have those aha moments and I feel like this was just one of those in my life to say you know I just feel like I have such a blessed family and I have a home and I have food to eat and a place to live and there's you know knowing that there's millions of people on the other side of the world who don't have what I have I just really felt compelled to share I guess some of what I have with them and um so yeah so that's kind of how it how it got started but I didn't really know how to get started helping because I just like I said, I live in California. I don't really have any connections to the Middle East. Let the let our and, listeners um, let our listeners know what kind of numbers. What are we talking about? What kind of crises are you talking about? Can you describe it in numbers and statistics? Well, I do know that over half of the country of Syria has been displaced. So that means over half of. I mean, imagine if you in America, half of our country no longer had a home to live in and had been taken over by terrorists. I mean, it would just be horrific. And they're just like us. It's really easy to look at people on the other side of the world and think, oh, you know, no big deal. But they are just like us. They're, ISIS is going into their cities, into their schools, killing their children, raping their wives. It's it's horrible what's happening. And it would be the same thing as if they had come to America and gone into our schools and started shooting up our children. It's we're, just, we're, it's we're looking at almost we're looking at almost a million people have been displaced. Almost a million people have been displaced. Women children and so forth. Chelsea, this is Angel, yes. uh, and you're out of Southern California. What what part of, are you a native to uh, the area? Yes, I was born and raised in California. Um, I live in Corona, California uh-huh. in Riverside County uh-huh. right now. So, uh, yes, that's where I'm at. I, I okay. love Tom's Farms. And, and so, stay-at-home mom, how many children do you have? I have two kids. Uh, Jordan is six, and Reese is four. They're two girls. Okay, and, uh, and so so what uh, so what did you do after you, you you started to feel like you had to do something? I mean, what is it you're doing? Well, I didn't really know where to get started, to be honest, because I don't really have any connections. But my husband reminded me that um, we went to college with our good friend Jason Law, and his father Terry Law founded uh, World Compassion forty five years ago, and it's an incredible faith-based organization that really goes into countries that most people don't go into and feeds people and provides them with tents and a place to live. And they've actually been in Iraq for 12 years. So when I was in college, uh, I was hearing stories about the amazing things they were already doing over there years ago. Mm-hmm. So my husband said, give Jason a call and see if they're over there, see if you can help. And so Jason said, yes, you know, we have 850,000 people in this refugee camp. We're trying to feed wow. them and take care of them. We have thousands coming by the day. You know, anything you could do would help. So I thought, okay, well, maybe I can go online and make a donation. But then I just really felt compelled to do something bigger. And that's where we got this idea to fill a 40-foot container 
with supplies for the refugees over in the Middle East. So basically, we're trying to get our entire community in the Inland Empire here in Southern California to fill a 40-foot container, and we're going to ship it over there to the refugee camp through what? World Compassion. Like, okay. you're, talking, you're talking like the shipping containers, like the ones that go on the back of a train and then on the back of a ship? Yes. Wow. Exactly. What, yes. And what kind, of supplies, of what kind of supplies are you asking Video for? games, eh? What else you think? <laughs> <laughs> the items we're collecting are things like toothpaste, toothbrush, soap, blankets, rice, kidney beans, diapers, baby formula. There's a complete list on our website, which is um, worldcompassion.tv. Slash fill the container. And what kind of what kind of response? Who's who's been? Uh, uh, you know what kind of response you're getting, and how are you doing? Are you uh, just knocking on people's doors, or do you have places where people could go? What? How do you do it? Well, uh, honestly, it was a small idea, but it ended up taking off and becoming this huge thing. We have thousands of people all over the city who are collecting. We have um, most of it are churches. We have schools. We actually, really big news, the entire um, school district for the Corona and Norco Unified Schools have agreed today to make roll this out in all of the schools throughout our entire city. So um, we have every denomination of church. Um, and then we have 20 drop-off centers throughout the city. So people can go online to our website and they can look at any of all, all of our drop-off centers, and then they can decide if they want to drop anything off at any of those places. They're more than welcome to. We have over 20 businesses involved. The mayor, the city council, the chamber of commerce have all endorsed this. They're on board. They're helping to push this. Um, it's been unbelievable, the response that we've got from the city. Awesome. And now, uh, please tell us your website again where people could find this uh, information in the drop-off uh, stuff. It is uh, worldcompassion.tv. Walsh fill the container. Awesome. And uh, there, there are three main ways that people can really help, if that's okay if I share. Yes, yes, please do. <laughs> um, if you want to be involved in any way, if you're listening to this and you live in Southern California, um, then first thing that you can do is purchase any of the items from our supply list and drop them off at one of our drop-off centers. Like I said, there's a complete list on the website. Um, the second way is we do need to pay to ship this container, which is going to be about $12,000. So people can go online to our website as well and donate online. Um, World Compassion will be able to give you a receipt. Uh, they're a legitimate nonprofit organization who can give you um, your tax deduction credit and receipt there. And also, if you want to be involved in helping uh, pack boxes, organize, and count all the supplies or collect items, or if you have a business that wants to be involved, um, you can also email me at Chelsea at worldcompassion.tv. I would be more than happy to hook you up with a job to help us out because we do need a lot of help logistically as well. Chelsea, you're a cool stay-at-home mom. You're a superwoman. Oh, thank you. I appreciate that. Hey, thank you for doing that. There's so many people out there that need it. And you know what? There's not enough people like yourself who are saying, hey, let's do something about it. We are really glad that you're doing this. Thanks for sharing this with us. We're going to put a link to your site on our on our Facebook page, okay? Thank you very much for having me. I appreciate it. All right. Have a good night, Chelsea. Good night. Thanks. You too. Bye. I can't stand to fly. I'm not that naive. I'm just out to find the better part of me. I'm more than a bird. I'm more than a plane. 
some pretty face beside a train and it's not easy Welcome back to Twin Talk with Jose and Angel. Yeah, welcome back to Twin Talk with Jose and Angel. I'm Jose. And I'm Angel. And we are broadcasting live from Theo Luis's garage. And we want you to stand by because we got some awesome guests coming up in a little while. Yes, we have the uh, uh, Jonathan Salisbury. Um, oh, my bad. I didn't write down the names. Uh, I'll get to the names when we come back. The playwrights uh, of, and the director of the awesome play that's going to be starting up at uh, the Mission uh, Playhouse in San Gabriel, Toy Perina, who, a Native American woman. Uh, who knew uh, there was a woman. playhouse there all these years, dude? I know. I didn't know that. But you know what's more compelling is the story of this Native American woman who actually uh, led a rebellion. I can't wait to get to that. In, in uh, 1785 here in L.A. Man. Anyway, LA, right now on... rebellion. Right man. now from the hip-hop duo Dana Rocks and Ill Will... Our very own Dana Rocks is on the phone with us right now. What's up, Dana Rocks? Yo, yo, yo. What's up, Jose and Angel Twin Talk? How you guys doing, man? What's it's your up? boy Dana Rocks from my dude from the music. What's up, Holmes? 
Oh, you know, man, just hanging, hanging, getting ready, giving the, the neighborhood radio station a call, letting you guys know that we got a show coming up this Saturday. Uh-huh. It's our first show, debuting the album. Um, and, you know, it's just right to share it with you guys, let everybody know what's going on. You yeah. know what I'm saying? I Do It For The Music is the name of your album, and which you dropped uh, you, you uh, dropped here when you released it. And how's it? Is it flying off the shelves or what? <laughs> not yet, not yet. I mean, you know, hopefully it'll be, it'll be for sale. At the show this Saturday okay. at the office, Bar and Grill awesome. in Burbank on Victory in Hollywood Way. Right on. Um, everybody come out, support the movement. Like I said, free entry, good food, good music, good drinks. It's it, going to be our first show. We got a lot of things. We got a lot of surprises for the guests. Um, we've been working hard. We've been rehearsing. We're actually going to go to rehearsal after I'm done talking to you guys. Oh, but that, I thought it was only right to fill, fill you guys in with all the information, all the updates, Twin Talk. Hey, you Jose know, Angel, you guys always been good to us, man. Uh, awesome, man. Thanks, my man. brother and I, we're going to go over there. We're going to twerk. Yeah. <laughs> right. I will make sure that we, we save a segment of the show for just you guys to do that. <laughs> I got my twerking pants on right now, my hot pants. <laughs> hey, hey, hey if, you, if, you, if you guys do that, I promise me and Will will do the same thing. <laughs> <laughs> hey, no, we, we're not going to do that because we want to make sure you guys launch your first show uh, and in in a grand way, we, we don't want to do that. We don't to want. You. We don't want to mess it up. <laughs> no, no, hey, no sp- twerking allowed. <laughs> my speedos are too old, eh? <laughs> <laughs> so let okay. So let our listeners know one more time where it's going to be, and then introduce the track that we're going to play right now. Yeah, well, everybody, Dana rocks ill well. I go for the music debut album at the Office Bar and Grill on Victory in Hollywood Way in Burbank, California, nine p.m. Free entry, come out, have fun, enjoy it. It's gonna be a great show. This song here that we're gonna we're, we're gonna play right now is called Weekend, which I'm sure everybody loves because we all love Weekend and we're getting close to it. So, Weekend by Do for the Music, Jose and Angel Twin Talk. Thank you guys very much.
Welcome back to Twin Talk with Jose and Angel. I am Jose, and now is the and time in... You keep interrupting me whenever I do this. <laughs> now is the time in the show that I like to call the Patriot Pass. And the reason why I started this was a couple of years ago, my brother and I would argue a lot when I would make my uh, posts, my political posts during a campaign. My brother and I would argue about whether or not it was appropriate. And I realized that not only my brother was coming uh, on my back regarding this, People were all angry over it, and I realized that not only is our government stifling our freedom of speech, but social norms are also. So what I want to talk about is yet another attack by political correctness. Last week, the director of the CDC, after having a press conference regarding patient zero and the infection of the nurse who took care of patient zero of um, who's been infected now with Ebola, he mentioned that uh, there was a probably, and I'm paraphrasing, a breach on, in protocol which caused her to have this um, infection. And there was a backlash by the media. Every outlet in the media led with the story about how the CDC offended this poor nurse because basically blaming her. And what I have to say is, who gives a crap? Do you think this woman who's fighting for her life cares whether or not he blamed her? She has better things to worry about. And frankly, ladies and, ladies and gentlemen, so do we. The president said eight days before Thomas Duncan showed up and brought Ebola to this country that there was no way it was going to come into our country and that there was no way it was going to uh, spread. But eight days later, we have it here and a few days after that, the first patient to contract it in the United States has it now. And now we have a problem on our hands. How about worrying about that and forget political correctness? It distracts and deflects. That is my patient, my patient, my patriot pass. Ladies and gentlemen, that was my brother Jose exercising the biggest muscle in his body, his mouth, and his patriot pass. Okay, quick word from our sponsor or else we'll get in trouble. Martinez, your loca host of Maz TV. Just wanted to check in with y'all and let you know to catch our show every Saturday at 8.30 a.m. on Channel 20, DirecTV, Dish, and AT&T Uverse. Tune in. All right, I'm totally excited now. Welcome back. Thanks for indulging me during my Patriot Pass. Look, man, you guys don't have to agree. Just exercise your right to freedom of expression because they're being it's being taken away. That's the beauty of twin talk, eh? Because, you know, I don't have to agree with you. And because we're twins... They listen to us because we're it's our show. They they, they listen to us because we're twins. Not because we're <laughs> twins, but you know, people have the impression sometimes because you're twins, you're the same, right? So then we can kind of sneak into different perspectives. And sopas later on at the end of the show, you're enlightened. At the very least, you're entertained. You said sopas. Sopas. <laughs> Introduce our guest. I've been so excited about our guest, uh, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, uh, our upcoming guests. Uh, I'm going to introduce them. Uh, they they are actually. Putting together, have put together an awesome uh, play. Uh, it's called Toy Purina. 
It's the uh, story of a, a Native American um, uh, who had uh, led a rebellion in the early 1700s or late 1700s here in the San Gabriel or in the L.A. area, San Gabriel Valley area. Uh, the uh, our, our guest here consists of uh, out of England. He's a veteran of the stage of London. Nice. And now he is the director of this play. His name is uh, Jonathan Salisbury. Also, uh, major in uh, creative writing, uh, has written a novel, and uh, uh, one of the playwrights, uh, also, he is a tribal member of the Grab- Gabrieliano Tangva. Wow. San Gabriel Band of Mission Indians. Nice. Uh, Matthew Lovio. Uh, also, uh, Andrew Morales, uh, Guiding Young Cloud, is uh, Andrew Guiding Young Cloud Morales. He's a shaman leader, composer, and playwright as well, and also tribal member of the Gabrieliano Tangva San Gabriel Band of Mission Indians. Awesome. Welcome, guys. Welcome. Yeah. Thank you. Did I did I pronounce that right, uh, Tangva? Yes, correct. Yes, yes, yes correct. And so, um, so can you guys introduce yourselves on the mic so that everyone knows who's who? Um, hi, I'm Jonathan Salisbury. You recognize me by my weird accent. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Matthew Lovio. I'm one of the co-writers uh, of the play. Uh-huh. Again, my name's Andy Gunny Young Cloud Morales, uh-huh. or call me Andrew. Right on, Andy. <laughs> and I'm the son Andy. son of the chief. Right on. Wow, this is an honor. You know what? I I thought it was. It, it, it has. It's it's more of a. Uh, it, it's it's not a coincidence. I think that you guys are here on today. Uh, uh, somehow we were able to work out the, the the schedule for it to be on this day, and it happens to be the day after. Uh, um, uh, I think a historic time. We talked about it earlier when uh, the state of Seattle had uh, dedicated this uh, uh, instead of making it uh, Columbus Day, made it uh, Native Americans uh, Group Day or something of the sort. Uh, tell us a little bit of Toy Perina is a historical figure in your tribe, from your tribe, your ancestors? And what tribe is it? So our listeners know can you just, what the tribe is. Tell us about the tribe. That is correct. Uh, Torperina was our greatest uh, hero, if you will, matriarch of the Gabrielino Tongva. Uh-huh. Uh, Tongva translated in English means people of the earth. Uh-huh. Tell now, us. now, I'm sorry, Angel, but um, where, what was the region of this tribe? Is this in Southern California area, which is now known Southern California? That is correct. Uh, our ancestors are the original people of the Los Angeles and immediate surrounding areas, stemming from the Catalina Islands, San Nicolas, uh, San Clemente, and, of course, Santa Catalina, all the way to the San Gabriel Mountains at the tip of Malibu and Riverside. Wow. I have one question. A little bit, nice, on, the ta- eh? a little bit on a tangent, but I, just because I want to, just because I feel it's, it, it's kind of timely. The president just came here and, and, and just made a big portion of the uh. San Gabriel Mountains uh, federal land. How do you feel about that? Uh, well, actually, I'm also I'm very excited about that. It's uh, we feel it's like one step towards uh, federal recognition, which we have been trying to vie for for <clears throat> for well uh, over 20 years. Uh, we believe it gives us one step closer to recognition that we we truly believe that we rightfully deserve, and uh-huh. so forth. Uh-huh. Wow, very interesting. Very interesting. Can you tell me a little bit more about the the tribe? You say the, the geographically, how long were they here? How how long were they uh, in this area? Prior to, or how long have you been here? Well, our um, our tribe dated back all the way back to um, nineteen thousand years. Wow! Uh, even uh, before that, uh-huh. uh, we were uh, we were the great hunters, uh, fishermen, people, uh-huh. uh, hunt, hunting and gatherers, and um, uh, we do have a, a warrior society in in our villages too, and uh, we have a, a structured government uh-huh. with a chief. Uh-huh. Um, 
also uh, has a say so for 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 his people and taking care of the people. I have to admit, I I had never heard of of Toy Perino until not too long ago, and I immediately thought, wow, what a compelling compelling story for the little that I know about it. Um, for our listeners, tell us a little bit more. What's the story of uh, behind the story? The history behind the story of Toy, Toy Perino. Tell us if you want to. Well, she was your, a hero of yours, and, and why? Very much so. Um, to me personally, Toy Perina is has always been like uh, the shining example of uh, insp- inspiration of strength and courage. Uh, primarily for one thing, many people uh, naturally when they hear hero, they misconstrue with it being a, a man and it was a woman. And I feel not just like also just like for for young girls or women, but for for both men and women, she is a source of inspiration because she shows, regardless of man or woman, no matter how much the odds, uh, if you truly believe in the cause, um, then you go for it. You keep on going for it, no matter how many people tell you you're wrong and so forth, or how hopeless it is. And although, unfortunately, many people say like, well, because uh, they were actually they believe they voiced. Um, for hesitation to not write this play because again the revolt uh, failed but then again regardless whether she failed or not she succeeded in ins- in inspiration to like to, to to all her people and for generations to come I myself think, included I think that's pretty cool you know Jose I, uh, one of the things that I think that uh, um, you know from as a layman or so the indigenous people all around the world are really keepers of of, of the spiritual in, in the world and one, uh, I think it's great that uh, that a woman would be held in such high esteem uh, because our culture has it kind of backwards and and that's what kind of put the you know kind of takes us away of what really ma- what really matters now Toy Perina um, um, led a rebellion against the Spanish missionaries and now you're performing this in a Spanish mission Yes. So, what's the significance of that? Well, I, I think mean, you're... actually, we're not performing it in a Spanish mission. The Mission Playhouse. A lot of people think it's a church. It's, it was built to look like the guy who built it. Gotcha. Built to look like his favorite mission, but in fact, it sits maybe less than half a mile away from the actual mission where the actual events took place, where Toy Perina led the rebellion. Mm-hmm. So that's incredibly significant. Well, and that was all mission land. Right, even around yeah, the yeah, mission, exactly, it was yeah. all owned by the land back. Totally, back then. and it's on Mission Boulevard. Huh? Yeah, Mission. <laughs> I mean, yeah, totally. So it's. I mean, when I speak to these guys about doing this play, I'm like, yeah, it would be better if you know, be easier to do it somewhere else. And they're like, no, no, we want to do it there. How um, did you become involved in why? this? Oh yeah. Cool. Well, I mean, I became so uh, in 2013. I was asked to direct the Mission Play, which is the play which the Mission Playhouse was built for. Interesting. So the mission play began in 1912, uh-huh. and then in 1927, after 15 years of running an incredibly successful show, they built the playhouse to house the mission play, uh-huh. where it ran for like five years, till 1932. And then in 2013, it was the 100th anniversary of the city of San Gabriel, and they said, let's do the mission play. So I, by a long series of events, I got to be that guy that directed it. And... Uh, I was camped out in front of their house. Please, please, please. (laughs) Kind of not. Yeah, anyway. So, um, uh, but as a result, so my first thing with that was like, how do you make this play, which was kind of clunky, and one guy's version of, you know, the Native American. So there wasn't a lot of Native American perspective in there. It was very much the Spanish perspective on Uh what happened. So one of my first things was to talk to these guys and say, um, how do you feel about this? I mean. Meaning Jonathan and Andrew. Meaning, I mean uh, Matthew and, and the chief, you know, um, okay. to say, are you like, 
I want to make sure that we tell your story. So we needed to kind of change the mission play so it was a little more up to date. Mm-hmm. So anyway, these guys became involved. They they liked the idea that, and they were you know they were on stage with me um, rehearsing, and then every now and again they go, "Hey, Jonathan," I'm like, "What?" They're like. Um, we want to do this play. I'm like, yeah, yeah, okay, but I got 72 people to direct right now. Can I talk to you later? <laughs> and then eventually they wore me down and they told me the story. And like you, I'm like, well, how can I, how can I not do that? How well, can sh- I- I'm sorry, go ahead. I was interrupting you. There. Yeah, I mean, really, it was that. Like, they told me this. They told me the story, and then they told me the story of how Toy Perina, at the time, the one of the chiefs got his head on a spike outside the mission for protesting about the rape of his wife. Wow. And when I heard that, I'm like, well, I have to help them tell the story. I find it really interesting because the um, the Native American culture, much like, well, we're all Native American too because we're of Mexican descent. Um, it's very often people think that Native American and even Mexicans um, are very patriarchal, that they're very, there's a lot of machismo. Mm. But we all know, at least in our family, that Mom the matri- <laughs> the matriarch really kind of is is very strong, even quietly. She was a very strong young lady at twenty one. She or you know, tell us a little bit more about her. Yeah. Um, well, at t- ten years old, she uh, uh, witnessed uh, the beheading of the chief, and uh, she carried her that nightmare uh, through her childhood. Uh, years gone by, uh, where where she couldn't um, stand. Seeing her people abused, uh, uh, she was the only one that st- stood in that area in Los Angeles, uh, being a, a shaman for for the people. A lot of people came to her for healing and and for counseling. Uh, there was one particular person. Uh, his name is uh, uh, Nicholas Jose, but his Indian name was was Listening Quail, and uh, and he approached her and say, "Hey." Um, I'm, I'm a neophyte um, with the mission, and and they're, they're abusing our people, and, and I, I need your help, and and uh, I need I need your your you know have some counseling on, and and some healing. So um, so together they kind of planned of uh, getting thousands of warriors to uh, storm the mission, overthrow the San Gabriel mission, and spread the rebellion. Uh, along the coast of uh, California, she was known. I hear I read as the great communicator, being able to speak and inspire people. Much like in in, in Europe, they had uh, Joan of Arc, yeah. a young girl, um, nineteen years old, I think she was. Um, another thing I find it I, I I need to ask because it seems to me, things like this are necess- not history like this is not necessarily written in textbooks. It's been brought down and passed down. How's it been passed down in your culture or families? Of uh, a lot of stories, uh, creation stories, uh, uh, has been passed down to um, to my great great grandparents, my great grandparents, and uh, my parents, and then and then to you know my generation. It seems like it's something very important, and we have the chief here, so I'm really honored about that. That it, that accuracy stay. I mean, I, I often you know through the ages, stories can be embellished or by nobody's fault. It just what happens. But it seems like. You, your culture seems to take very good care about that, that the accuracy is important. Yes. Uh, you know, and can you expound on that? Um, I was, 
I'm sorry. Uh, I'm sorry. The question again? The question is... Uh, it uh, seems like, like accuracy seems to be very important because when stories are told throughout the ages, you know, and they're passed down, it's inevitable that things can be embellished or what have you, but it seems like you guys take real good care um, about these types of stories because it's very important to be accurate. Or am I, you know, am I just jumping? Well, m- most, well uh, first of all, there wasn't no really a written language. Mm-hmm. Uh, no, no stories were uh, actually written. It was always uh, from hearsay. Mm-hmm. Um, um, now you have uh, um, anthropology uh, researchers, um, uh, professors. They they start uh, historians actually. Mm-hmm. They start uh, recording uh-huh. uh, all the creation stories, our language, our songs, and and that's how it kind of like. Survived and we had access to awesome too, oh. yeah. and and uh, so creating this or uh, the the play, um, did you guys had to go like to the chief and say, hey, you know, um, you know, is, is I mean, I'm assuming that there's is it is it uh, does the chief have the editorial on this? Uh, there, <laughs> that's Jonathan? a good. That's a good question. Uh, <laughs> no, no, no. Okay. <laughs> He's sitting right there. But, um, <laughs> I mean, it's it's a really interesting process, and it was for 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 me, and of course I'll let these guys speak. But but um, you know, it's it's kind of a a process of uh, excavation, if you like. Like these guys had the the germ the germ of the story and the center of the story, but we really okay. What we wanted to try and what I what I wanted to do was say, well, we're making a play. So the important thing is about telling a story is that people identify with those characters, uh-huh. so we can go. You know, the Indians are great, the Spanish are bad. Well, okay, but that's not going to be very interesting, is it? Yeah. You know, there's the baddies, there's the goodies. So, uh-huh. so, so, we, so what I wanted to try and do with these guys, and we spent a long, we spent a year doing this really, is trying to excavate the possible motivations that people had, like the possible reasons that people would do something, and try and get around both sides of that. So, mm-hmm. you know, um, I mean... I would not say I would not say that this this story that we've created is a hundred percent accurate. I don't think that we could be a hundred percent accurate, uh-huh. but um, but it was important to be true to the spirit mm-hmm. of the story. I mm-hmm. think that for me, that's what we've been working really hard to do. And it looks like the uh, you're all in agreement. You're all nodding on that. Tell us about the uh, the cast. Uh, you have when I, last time we spoke, you were still. <laughs> Casting the lead role. Okay. Wow. Yeah. That's, yeah. That's, Did you get that already? <laughs> oh yeah, we got that. Yeah? yeah. No, I mean we've been rehearsing now. I mean we've got one week left. Uh-huh. I mean, this is this week, and uh-huh. then we're into tech week. Um, so did, we've been. Did she have to go meet the the chief as well? No. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. But she's met him now. Yeah. Um, uh-huh. uh, she's an amazing actress called Natalie Bennett. Uh-huh. Uh, she's part uh, Creek Indian. Uh-huh. Uh, I was I was I was doing my best to try and find a. Um, a Native American actress, or or an actress who um, identified some way in being Native American, and I got in, actually into a very interesting conversation with an actress uh, who said, "Well, I'm Mexican, and that makes me Native American." And I went, "Oh, <laughs> I'm English, and I don't understand that." Yeah. And so that was an incredibly interesting conversation. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. But you know, I I was at that time I was looking for someone who identified as Native American or part Native American. You brought instruments. Uh, correct. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, these are these Native American, uh, correct as well. Yes. What? Um, uh, you, so you the play is going to uh, have some of this 
music yeah. in it as well. Yeah. Yes. Do you want to go? Uh, well, first of all, tell us about how it will manifest itself in the, in the play. Okay. How does it work itself into the play, the music? Well, what we're going to do is we're going to be playing the theme song uh, for uh, the play, the Torpedina song. Okay. Uh, if we have a, both a, song, a one where we sing it, and then we'll be playing the one with a flute version, if you will. Awesome. And wow, uh, that's great. Go ahead. Uh, and the song, the uh, play also features uh, a lot of percussion, which which it punctuates the, the you know scene changes and movement mm-hmm. and stuff like that. There's nat- there's dancing from these guys in the play with the music, and wow. and they sing one of the most important songs that I've come across of theirs, which is the ancestor song, which they may or may not. Sing for you tonight. All so, right. okay, uh, while you guys talk, um, because we didn't do a sound check, let, um, I'm going to make my way over there to just the mics, and you let me know what music, uh, what instrument's going to be used. Uh, so, what is uh, now the the play starts when? Uh, the play starts in. Um, it actually starts in at the end of Toy Perina's life, but then it flips back to the to 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 the build up to the. Um, to the rebellion, which is in 1785. Okay, but uh, and and it's going to open on Thursday. Thursday, twenty third through the twenty sixth. Exactly, and uh, and that's at the San Gabriel Mission Playhouse. Yeah. And what are your hopes for this? In, you know, in the future, I um, mean, it's, it's got a three or four day. It's got four days, which is an incredibly short run. So uh-huh. what we hope is that people come and see it and go, "Wow, that's an incredible piece of theatre, incredible piece of writing," and people, more people need to see this. Uh-huh. And I hope that maybe some people in the theatre industry in LA go, "Yeah, you're right." I'm so, looking forward to that myself. I really am. Uh, and how many is, it, is your cast? Uh, the cast is nine, but then there's a that we have another nine uh, Native American dancers, so uh, eighteen altogether. Awesome. Okay, so now we did a cursory sound check <laughs> while you guys were talking, and uh, I'm going to wing this. So um, now tell us what is is there a name for this uh, piece that you're doing? Yes, this is like the the Torpedina song. We have a, a, a one where we sing it, which is. Torpurina Tokarmahe, Torpurina Woman Warrior. This one will be the flute version. performances in Theolicious Garage. This is the first time we've had uh, a real Native American performance. Awesome. This, is a, this is an honor. It wow. Is. It's pretty pretty good. So, okay, the, the play is, uh, ladies and gentlemen, if you just uh, jumped in, uh, our guests here are um, uh, Jonathan uh, Salisbury, he's director, and uh, Matthew Lovio and Andrew Morales. They are playwrights of the play, Toy Perino, of uh, actually the story of the Native American woman in 1785 who led a rebellion. And they're from the Tongva Gabrielino, Gabrielino 
tribe, and we are honored with the chief in Theoluis's garage. He's remaining uh, quiet, anonymous. <laughs> Thank you very much for being here. I, the the play starts uh, this month, October twenty third, in uh, in uh, the San Gabriel Mission. Uh, you can still get tickets and all that kind of stuff. And uh, are you still giving tickets to the? Uh, are there still tickets available to residents? There was a time when there yeah, was. There are. There's. A, uh, I. I think the offer runs out really soon. So uh, call us or go to the website or something. Um, www.toyperina.org. Um, there are. There were a bunch of free tickets for San Gabriel residents. So wow. if you are a San Gabriel resident, come and see us. Call I tagged us. it up one time. Does wow, that that's really cool, dude. Right on. So uh, it's uh, a limited number of. Limited. Not everybody in San Gabriel. <laughs> <laughs> so um, there's m- music that's part of it. I mean, it comes. I'm assuming it's coming out organically as part of the story, the music and the dance. It's not like you're just doing numbers. Um, it all has to do with uh, going along with the storyline. Right. right. Uh, uh, I'm sorry. And uh, how long are we looking at as as uh, a performance? Are we talking about here? It's uh, probably like two to two, two hours, maybe two hours plus, but. My brother wants to know if there's beer served. Uh, <laughs> that, was, that was my next question. <laughs> what What is the message that you would like? I'm going to ask you, gentlemen. Uh, what What kind of message? What do you want to impart to our, the guests who come uh, see who have not heard of this story? What would you like to impart to them? Well, to me, the the meaning of this play is uh is to remind everyone that um. That uh, if you don't learn from history, uh, we're doomed to repeat it, and that's and and that's and that's the way uh, what, what's happening today in today's world. Mm-hmm. And we just want to send send that message across because it is a repeated history. Right on. So um, that's Toy Perina, uh, the play of Toy Perina at the San Gabriel Mission Playhouse opens Thursday. Uh, October 23rd through the 26th. Get your tickets. Uh, you want to get some websites? Yeah, it's www.toyperina.org, which is spelled T-O-Y-P-U-R-I-N-A. Or you can go to missionplayhouse.org, and you can find information there too. Is there anything we forgot to ask that you just got to we, – we, we want to make sure you give out all the information. We, uh, I want to say one thing, which is the anniversary of the rebellion was October 25th. We wow. will be performing on October 25th. Awesome. Wow. A mile away from where it actually happened. That gives me the chills when I just talk wow, about it. Wow, that is amazing. Right on. There's going to be some real like, energy. And we have family members coming down from all over the place who are descendants of Toy Perina. Okay, cool. Wow. And you wanted to say something as well? Yes, I, I want to do a closing a closing song okay. of, of, all, of all the ancestors of the indigenous people. Okay. And it's called uh, The Ancestor Song. Taira no kanishunishun Taira no kanishunishun Naha kwanishun aha kwahe Naha kwanishun aha kwahe Taira no kanishunishun 
with Angel's Chill Lounge. the wrong measuring stick too many times we come to conclusions based on the wrong measuring stick as in the case with illegal immigration the overwhelming argument tends to revolve around money they're gonna flood the system it will cost me too much money my taxes should go to American citizens okay I'm not an economic expert but I know that this system that you, that you claim works, we can adjust it if we need to. 
And um, what I do know is that this rhetoric indicates the wrong measuring stick or wrong perspective. Now, I doubt that there isn't enough money to help, and I doubt that the system would crash or could not be redesigned to accommodate. But nonetheless, it is the wrong measuring stick. Try this for good measure, or measuring stick. Compassion. A helping hand to thy fellow man, woman, or child. Money comes and goes, and it's a piece of paper. Its value changes based on how much you can buy with it. It's not infinite. It gets spent. While compassion is eternal. Its value is priceless. Its impact profound, far-reaching, and limitless. Infinite. Unfortunately, compassion has been preconditioned out of our society, replacing it with the dollar and the fear of the lack of it. Jesus, the Bible says, having seen the multitudes whom were hungry, was moved by compassion and took a few fish and bread and multiplied it so as to feed all. So, let's move in compassion and give it a try. I mean a real heartfelt, compassionate manifestation into our society. Chill. One love. That brings us to another edition of Twin Talk with Jose and Angel. Right on. And uh, we're going to close out the show today with uh, Matthew Globio and Andrew, um, we, well, we Andrew wanna, Morales. We want to thank you all for listening. We want to thank uh, Dana, Dana Rocks uh, for calling in. Also, Chelsea, super mom, stay-at-home mom, for calling in as well. Also, Jonathan Salisbury and uh, Matthew Lovio and Andrew Morales of the Play Toporina. Thank you. And uh, uh, make sure you tune in next week. But now, we're going to leave you with this. Naha Kwanishu Naha Kwahi Taira no Kanishu Nishun Taira no Kanishu Nishun Naha Kwanishu Naha